Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, Sometimes Daddy Cries. We talked to Todd Rennebaum about his new children's book about living with depression. Plus, Biz Survives Hell Week and Snack Attacks. Woo! I am doing okay. I am calling with a check-in, and right now I am okay. I am sitting in the pharmacy parking lot drinking some iced coffee because I got here a little early, three minutes before they opened, and I'm going to go get my flu shot. And this is a moment of mom time because getting a flu shot is like, I don't know, I'm getting a pedicure now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Everybody get their flu shot? Um, I'm doing a pretty good job, and so are you. Bye. Love the show. Getting a flu shot is the new manicure. Is the greatest ad campaign for flu shots I've ever heard. Wow. Okay. That you are. I just want to hang out in a socially distanced parking lot with you and have iced coffee and talk more about that. You're doing a great job. Thanks for checking in and good job getting somewhere a little early. So you can have a little mama time and good job making sure you had coffee and good job making sure you got your blue shot. We're about to load the car up with, <laughs> with all of us and do the drive through flu shot that our local place has. Surprise! You're all going to get shot. <laughs> but yes, flu shot, flu shot, flu shot. Woo! I think you're remarkable. Thank you for checking in. Guys, it is time for me to do the thing that has become so natural. I It happens when I'm on the street. It happens when I'm just laying asleep. I wake up and I start yelling, thank you. Thank you, essential workers. I'm going to spotlight a big focus on our healthcare workers once again as we see a surge in this pandemic. Does anybody else feel like this is like a zombie apocalypse? I know that you all do. One of my favorite people, Liz Sauer, and her podcast, Ghost in the Burbs, recently had a little spooky story. They kept referring to things like, it's like slightly the future of the pandemic and like in the pandemic timeline. And they're like, did you see the pictures out of Japan? Yes, I'd seen the pictures out of Japan, but I didn't want to, I didn't know it could do that to your body. Yeah. Who knew it was going to be, <laughs> who knew it was going to be a plague, right? Like just like how this develops. Anyway, back to my point, there's a surge and it is filling up our hospitals and our medical centers again. And so I have to say thank you, thank you to every single person who works in those facilities, the doctors, the nurses, all the administrative staff, all of the people who keep these places 
clean and spotless and sanitized so that whether we are experiencing COVID symptoms or any other reason to have to go to a doctor's office or a hospital, we can go in with confidence and feel safe. So I really appreciate you. And I know that this is impossibly difficult. So thank you. I also want to shine a spotlight on every person who volunteered to work as poll workers during this election and those who continue to be counting the ballots and helping make sure that everybody's vote is heard. There are still jobs that happen in an election after voting day. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And everybody, you're all doing it. You're all doing it. Teachers, thank you for continuing to show up. School administration, thank you for still showing up. Thank you for creativity, people who are really putting out creative solutions and thoughts and ideas for how to make this more bearable every day. I see you. I appreciate you. And I will never get tired of driving by and rolling my window down and screaming out of it. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, let's just all take sort of a collective breath about the week of hell we just all went through. We just got through Halloween. We just got through daylight savings. I am so sorry to all of us. And we just got through with the election. I don't know. I'm recording this before before the election. I have no idea what is going to happen. It's either business as usual right now, or we're in a complete civil war. I don't know, but thank God I have a stockpile of Halloween candy to get me through most of it. Speaking of Halloween candy, I'm just going to wrap up on one more little note of things happening around my house. Has anyone noticed that if your child is remote learning from home, an increase in need for snacks? There's a lot of snacking. Ella's sits down after breakfast, after two snacks, he will sit down, school will start, and can I have a snack? You just you just had two snacks. And they're big snacks. It's like a fiber one bar, dude. That is full of stuff. And like a granola bar, full of stuff. At first, I tried to like fight against it. And now I'm just like shoveling different versions of something that I think is very filling and should definitely do it. And it doesn't do it. And he just keeps eating. And then... Swear to God, it becomes lunch. And I'm like, are you ready for lunch? No, I filled up on snacks. And I'm like, ah! And it's like, I'm like, you're not watching TV right now. I mean, it feels like it, but the, like endless snacking. Can't wait to see how that turns out uh, as we continue on through weird COVID life. But something we have spoken about quite a bit is how the coronavirus has been affecting uh, our mental health. And long before this pandemic started, we have spoken a great deal about mental health, especially with parents and how important it is to have open and honest discussions about that with our family, which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today with Todd Rennebaum and his new children's book, Sometimes 
Daddy Cries. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are talking to Todd Rennebaum. He is a husband and father of two boys who has been advocating for mental health issues since 2016. Todd has personal experiences with anxiety, depression, and addiction. Today, he is in recovery and works with others as a support in an addiction treatment center. Welcome, Todd! (laughs) (laughs) I I feel almost like I should have, like, Ended that bio with, and he's here to talk about cabaret, right? Like, <laughs> just nothing to do with any of that. But actually, what I will say that I that I didn't add into that was we we have him here because he's you have written a new book for children called Sometimes Daddy Cries, and we're going to get into that in a moment. But before we do, I would love to know who lives in your house. Well, first off, me, my wife Jennifer. Uh, my almost 16-year-old son, Jack, and my almost 14-year-old son, Howard. Uh, and two dogs, Lars two and Ben. Yes. Lars and Ben. Lars, like Lars, Lars Ulrich of Metallica. <laughs> I, what kind of dogs are they? Uh, one is a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel mixed with Ooh. a Sheltie, and the other one is just a little mutt. I have no idea what he is. Ooh, I love a mutt. Uh, <laughs> all right, well let's uh, let's talk about the the book. Sometimes Daddy cries. This is a children's book, and it's told through the eyes of a boy whose father suffers from depression. He sees his dad get sad, rest, and even go to the hospital, all while comparing his father's depression to a physical ailment. I thought the story was very. I liked that it was like this very simple, direct telling of of what it's like to live with depression as um, as a child. I, I guess I want to start with what I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm all buckled <laughs> up. What led to writing this book? Uh, okay, so about ten years ago. Well, actually, well, I mean, I've had anxiety and depression since as long as I can remember. I was in grade four diagnosed with a stomach ulcer. I had such bad anxiety, yeah. but it was about 10 years ago. It was really getting bad. And I was just, I did, had a suicide attempt. I was in and out of the psych ward. I was using lots of marijuana, drinking lots to uh, get rid of the anxiety, you know? <laughs> yeah, self-medicate, man. I, you know, I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, and then it was about, Three years after that, I went into an addiction treatment center, and that's really when I started getting healthy. I mean, after the hospital, after the suicide attempt, I thought it was, I know, I'm all better now, but it, uh, (laughs) I was still drinking and using marijuana like every day, all day. And it was, so it wasn't like, I mean, the best, the very best thing I ever did for my mental health was get sober, uh, better than any pill, any doctor, anything. So it was about, it's actually four years, November 6th. Is when I got sober. Congratulations. And, well, thank you. Yeah, it's hard and work, man. It, you're telling it, me. Yeah, it's really <laughs> difficult. 
<laughs> and I actually work at the addiction center I went to now, so it's kind of nice. But but when I was going through all that stuff, I could see my kids were, you know, they were, they didn't really know what the hell was going on with dad. Yeah. And I mean, we tried to explain it the best we could with, uh, you know, you know, dad's just sick. So it wasn't until I got sober. Well, actually, that's a bit of a lie. The, <laughs> <laughs> the, the night I wrote the very first draft was the night I got sober. I was actually like puking sick, drunk, suicidal. I woke my wife up in the middle of the night. And it was just five minutes before I puked and woke her up that I actually <laughs> wrote the first draft of this book. So, and I, I took, people always ask me what what came through my head when I wrote it. And like, I don't know. I was really drunk and sick. Drunk, and... yeah. And actually, <laughs> I gotta tell you, my first question is, what was the draft like? <laughs> I am fascinated to know what the draft would be like. Like that, just, you know. <laughs> you know, I don't even I know mean, if not I have to, it anymore. Not to laugh at alcoholism or depression, but like the, the book, yeah, that draft must have been. It was very vulgar and lots very, of slurring. I was going to say, I just was like, huh. Um, anyway. But, no, I, it was I, really I, short, actually. It was really, yeah. really short. Daddy is sad. The end. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, actually, I have a, my wife's cousin worked in publishing and that. So I, I oh, showed nice. it to her. And she, yeah, she basically said, this is, you'll, good luck. This is, this is basically a poem. This isn't going to yeah. be a book. <laughs> so I worked on it over the years and, uh, you know, off and on. Being a flaky uh, mental health type person. <laughs> <laughs> and, and an artist, I, I, I would flake out for like a good year at a time. Yeah. And then, uh, so I've, I talked to a, a person that I knew as a good illustrator and we kind of, you know, started working on it together. That was the plan, actually, at first, was her and I were going to work on this together. But then, again, I flaked out for a good year. And, when I, and then COVID hit, and I was sitting yeah. in my house, quarantined, and I thought, what a great time to finish this project. So I, I finished it. Well, actually, it is a great time to have finished it and to have it out there, because the pandemic is not doing anything great for mental health right now, particularly for parents. I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's a lot. I but before we get into that, I I do want to circle back to the illustrator. Mm-hmm. What is so I mean, the book is beautiful. It, it is. She did, did an amazing a, job. Yeah, she did. And what is so striking is the use of colors to sort of show the emotional state of what's happening. So when yeah. when the father is having, you know, a episode of depression, it's he is gray. The room around him is gray, but the son is in color, the wife is in color, the cat is in color, right? Like mm-hmm. there's you know outside. I remember it so anybody who listens to the show knows that I also uh, have depression and uh, Oh, right on. Yeah, right. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, secret. I'll give you the secret handshake <laughs> later. Um and the picture in particular where the page it says daddy needs rest so he sleeps on the couch or in his bed. But what I I am struck less by the image of daddy laying on the couch all in gray but the bright colored 
life happening on the other side of the window. Yes. Because for me, that is very much what depression feels like, where when it was at, you know, its worst, it would feel like I'm looking at everything on the other side of this window and it's all fine and normal and beautiful, but I can't get to it. I'm on this side of the window. So I just, I have to, how much did you and the illustrator work together on this or did she very naturally have an instinct for communicating these feelings? She was just very natural. She also, you know, has uh, depression, anxiety issues. Mm -hmm. Um, So I sent her, I kind of, we talked briefly about it and then I sent her the manuscript and she maybe sent me four or five pictures and she's like, how's this? And I mean, I was, I was crying. They were so beautiful. (laughs) They're beautiful. I said, keep doing whatever you're doing. I'm just going to shut up and just let you go with it. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, (laughs) I mean, I don't want to poo poo the manuscript, but (laughs) if it wasn't, if it wasn't for the (laughs) illustrations, I don't know if this book would be as amazing as, as as it is. So they work so they work hand in hand really, really well, which is, uh, I think, always a remarkable thing to happen when creating a book. <laughs> like, yes. I'm always yeah. like, oh my god, those two things went together and actually helped and supported, and it wasn't like <laughs> you know, it's, I, it's like a little magic you know act that happens you want to hear um, something funny i actually oh, yes yes i do <laughs> <laughs> well it's not ha ha funny but oh. i said <laughs> i sent the illustrations in the manuscript to a publisher and they tore it apart they Ooh. said these illustrations are no good they're they're too pointy kids won't they'll be they'll scare kids and all this stuff and i thought <laughs> they're de- they're depressing <laughs> yeah i thought and I thought, you know what? Screw this. I'm yeah. self-publishing this mofo because yeah. obviously this person doesn't have a clue what they're talking about. And I've had nothing but positive feedback about the illustrations. So so no, take I, that, publisher. Yeah, take that, publisher. That's right. No, I actually really, I actually really like that uh, the skin colors are so bright and, I, and different from each other. And I like the... Pointy. I mean, we could get really deep <laughs> about all that I would love to read into this that may or may yeah. not have been there. But yes, they yeah. were wrong. Good job following your instincts. Oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. How did you decide what aspects to include? And I asked this because the page that caught me kind of off guard, though it shouldn't have, right. was the... And you'll, maybe you'll be surprised at this one. Maybe it's not the one you'll think I'm going to say. But, I'm curious. Uh, so daddy's doctor said he needed to take medicine, just like uh-huh. I did to help make my tummy my tummy ache go away. And I take medicine. Shame you know, on you. I know. It's the best. No, I'm like, yes, I'm so happy to have you back in my life. And one day I won't need you in my life. And then maybe I'll need you again in my life. Exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. but my husband every day puts when he's in charge of breakfast and he'll put out like the kids vitamin gummies in front of their breakfast and then he puts yeah. out my little dish <laughs> with my little pill and like <laughs> antidepressants should be gummy i know they should but they like it's it's been something the moment that they came into the house i realized 
it was something I, I wanted them. I mean, my kids are the kind of kids that are like, what is that? Why? (laughs) I'm going to need a full explanation, and I'm going to come back to this many times and ask you. Talk to me about what you chose to to really emphasize in the book. Right. So I I wrote the manuscript, and I sent it off to quite a few psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, and whatnot to get their opinion on it. And a couple of them are very holistic kind of psychologists. And they kind of poo-pooed the medication part. And they're like, you know, you should put in there, you know, yoga and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, okay. If you but... can't get up to do yoga, it's yeah. hard to do yoga. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I mean, that's the thing. Yoga is very helpful. Yeah. So is running five miles. But if I don't want to leave my house, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Exactly. Right. And so I really, that that page did, I was I went back and forth on it a bit. And then I thought, you know what? Like I've heard the term pill shaming and I thought, you know, the hell Mm -hmm. with it. I take pills. It's a realistic view of what depression and anxiety is. If I'm comparing depression and anxiety to a physical ailment, then of course there's medicine sometimes. And it's not a big goddamn deal that I take a pill every morning so that I I can function at my highest efficiency. So I thought, ah, hell with it. I'm putting it in there. And plus it was one of my favorite illustrations of the kid and the, the father in the bathroom and he's brushing his teeth and and the dad's taking his pills. So I thought, well, I want that illustration in there. So that's well, they just both have even their, more reason. They have their bunny slippers on. They both have their bunny slippers on, <laughs> which is do. so nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really proud of that. That I, I'm actually, I'm proud that I put it in there actually. Good. Page. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I, it was very helpful. To me, to see it. Did you, was there anything, what about, I mean, you, that's one thing, but then there are some other images that are scary, right? Like a daddy wrapped up in a blanket on the couch where like the shadows look just almost like ribs. That (laughs) is, it's, I mean, it's a rough image to see. It's, it's hard to see it and it not be scary either as an adult who, you know, it's hard. Part of the things I think we all work on in therapy is what, what does my kids see when they, when they see this or, you know. Right. Um, it's not too scary, right? No, no, no. I know okay, it's good. not. Well, yeah, I'm looking out the window. No, but I mean, it's, it's sad. I mean, like you're saying, it is like you're, it is definitely an image of one time daddy got so sad he had to stay in the hospital. And again, I mean, it's showing yeah. you, I think, a an illustration of what that depth of depression looks like, right? Like it, it yeah. captures a feeling. And definitely, I, yeah. Yeah. And I guess besides just the pill one, talk to me about <laughs> some of the other things that you were like, I really want to show this i mean i love all the the, by the way listeners these are all coupled with these really like healthy happy images as well when daddy (laughs) is up when daddy is is regulated and feeling good and not having depression because i think there's a stereotype that with depression you're one note the whole time and and that's not true there are lots of times when we're healthy and happy and balanced and that is portrayed here showing all of the very strong, good, fun times that the son and father are having together. 
Right. Uh, so I, I, I basically just use my own experiences with uh, my children and depression. And so I wanted, I wanted it to be not too scary, not too gloomy and dark, but also not too fluffy and light so that, you know, there's real expectations of this is what actually depression looks like. So I, it was really hard walking that line, that fine balance of not making it fluffy, but also making the expectations real, but not making it too dark because it's a kid's book. And I, I like to think I did that, but I also <laughs> like, <laughs> but also like when he's visiting his grandma when, oh, I when, loved that one. when daddy's in the hospital, like my kids did that kind of thing. Yeah. Or grandma came and visited and helped my family while I was, uh, at times when I was in bed for a week and stuff like that. So, you know, they have a nice fun time with grandma, but daddy's just resting. And uh, so, so I, I basically just used my own experiences. And I, what I really wanted to portray was that even though daddy's in the hospital or daddy's feeling sad, there is the rest of the family's got life happening and things. We have daddy in mind. We're hoping for the best. We take care of him. We let, we let him do his thing and rest. He takes his medicine Sometimes he has a good day. We all go out and play in the park. Sometimes he needs to go to the hospital and then we go to grandma's house for a while. You know, so yeah. I basically just use my own experiences and uh, try to not make it too light and fluffy, but not too dark and gloomy either. So, yeah, but it's it is the act of living with people. I mean, there I think there is a notion that uh, I don't know. It, it's the notion of whatever's happening behind closed doors or pulled window curtains you know it's probably just like it is on tv right like right. I, you know we we know that depression and anxiety are just two of many many things that people struggle with and have and that and yet still have families partners kids you know jobs all yeah. of this stuff and it's very hard to i think for sometimes people to put those two worlds together and i really liked seeing how the family was stepping in to support the father and i mean that made me i was like this is how that works right like yeah. this is what that looks like and so i it normalizes good word thank you i love i, use that all I the will time. normalize everything Again, <laughs> we gotta normalize so much we're like told to like not talk about <laughs> like i was southern and catholic raised you know there are a million things that are supposed to be secret <laughs> all right talking about depression can feel depressing so <laughs> What do you think, <laughs> except on this show, clearly we're having a great time talking about it. Absolutely. What, what do you think is important in terms of talking about it within the family and to those outside the family? And like, what are good ways to get those conversations, you know, started? I, I think I saw somewhere that you said you hadn't, you guys hadn't done a lot of talking before you wrote the book or, you know, yeah. when you're kids and you were like, oh, we could have probably had this conversation or, <laughs> you know, like all of us. That is like one of yeah. 8 million things in my life. I'm like, I should have, should have had that conversation <laughs> yeah. earlier. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I, uh, like we were good with talking about the kids 
but it was like in the middle of what happening right. where I kind of wish we had, like, cause I already knew I had anxiety, depression all my life where I wish I kind of had the conversation before it happened. So <laughs> it wasn't so scary or confusing when they saw it. It was like, Oh, okay. This is what dad was talking about six months ago or whatever. So I think that a good way to get that conversation going, the family is to buy this book and read it out loud right. to your kids. <laughs> You're welcome. I just set you up. <laughs> no, but but seriously, I I uh, I've done a lot of mental health advocating before the book came out. And actually, I was doing it before I even got sober. And uh, well, actually, that's a whole other story. But yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other children's book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, I I was I'd petition the government and I'd protest in front of the, the legislative building and all this stuff and. Uh, I kind of got thinking that, you know, well, I can blame the government and I can blame all these things for not having enough funding. But mm-hmm. if people who are having these issues aren't going to talk about it themselves or talk about it with their own family, then, of course, governments aren't going to listen. It's not going to get funded until people do come out and actually talk about it. Like, I don't know if that made any sense, but like, no, I, I, I so now I'm instead of thinking big picture, I'm thinking smaller picture talk to your kids about you know why you never see your uncle or you know that secret why grandpa is the way he is or grandma is the way he is or mom is the way she is talk about it so then it, it like the good word you use normalize it so then people that do provide the funding for these kind of things they realize that it is a bigger problem than than they think because no one's talking about it so <laughs> well, right yeah i think it's why i think it's so important that we talk about it is it it affects so many people and then people can feel isolated in a family dynamic in which it's happening without feeling like they can ask for support because it is things we things we don't like to talk about parents yeah. suffering from mental yeah. illness or kids Yep. Right? Like it's everybody has the potential <laughs> to to go through periods of their life where it, you know, it could be to a more minor degree or it could be more clinical. And yeah. I think, yeah, I'm with you. Let's talk about it. And what is great is I will say your book is really a good way to start talking about it, <laughs> uh, which is why right? we will. It is. You did a good job. We will link everybody up to where they can get a copy of that book. Oh, uh, great. Yeah. Todd, thank you so much for joining us and uh, sharing all this with us. I, I love a good share, man. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's, it's been a treat. all right well uh good luck with the book and we will talk to you later bye thank you bye-bye one bad mother is supported in part by sweaty betty Leggings used to be for the gym only, but boy, you can take a peep in my window any day to see that that is no longer the case. They are your everyday apparel. So step up your legging game with Sweaty Betty. Let me tell you why. One, quick drying and pocket equipped 
And I love a pocket. So good. These leggings are high-waisted performers. And by performers, I mean they feel good when they're up high over my waist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they feel so secure. I'm 46. Anyway, take their quiz at SweatyBetty.com to find your perfect style. Get 20% off your entire purchase when you visit SweatyBetty.com mother and enter mother at checkout. That's spelled S-W-E-A-T-Y-B-E-T-T-Y dot com slash mother. And don't forget to enter mother at checkout. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. I'm not even going to sing because I'm so used to having you here now. Oh, yeah, this is so so normal. Everything about this is normal. (laughs) Hey, guys, didn't we say when this whole thing started that uh, everything was going to be super normal throughout this? Every day I wake up and I'm like, God, I feel really normal. (laughs) I'm feeling normal. Let's have a normal day. Yeah, I'm going to put on my normal pants, Mm -hmm. have a little normal drink, you Uh know, do my normal screaming in the shower, a little normal crying. Mm-hmm. Normal. Yes. With that said, genius me. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. My real genius is that I voted. <laughs> so that's great. But that's not a story. So I'll just really quickly <laughs> say another genius. Yeah. Which is that with none of my actual doing, somehow, you know, we're a few days from, actually, we're a day out. As of this recording, we're a day out from Halloween. Tomorrow's mm-hmm. Halloween. Um, and my kids have, like, fallen into this very relaxed position of not needing elaborate costumes this year like whoa there's so much buildup there's all this talk everybody's got big ideas and they're changing (laughs) their ideas a lot and it's very stressful and overwhelming for somebody who's very not crafty like me (laughs) but somehow like I was just saying to you before we went on the air I have one kid who's gonna like put on an animal hat nice one kid who wants to wear all black and be a shadow and one kid who is going to be totally happy to just pull something out of the costume bin and maybe several make several changes throughout the day, which is fine because we'll just be home anyway. Yeah. And I'm really pleased with that situation. Oh. So that feels really great going into tomorrow. That is great. Good yeah. job. Thank Good you. Good job just breaking everybody down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it. that must that be That must it. be it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Everybody remembers last week my fail was having committed to too elaborate of a costume for both children. Mm. Yes, again, this will be after Halloween when you hear this. But right. it is to it is the day before Halloween. I am so there's literally a hot glue gun. Mm. Thank goodness Teresa brought me those extra glue sticks that Jesse accidentally bought so long ago now. I'm still hot gluing costumes together, but the genius is maybe three days ago, 
I was really trying to make the boots <laughs> for Katie Bell, now now cat, costume. And uh, I was going to put fabric. I made them out of foam. And mm-hmm. I was foam's not, doesn't look right. I'm going to mm-hmm. make it. I'm going to cover it with material. And mm-hmm. this was getting really frustrated. And I had convinced myself that I couldn't spray paint this particular type of foam because it was going to like eat it up and rot it away. Yeah. Then I took some spare foam and I always have spray paint around the house. And I went outside and I did a little testy poo and it worked <laughs> fine. So I went to the hardware store where they had ballet slipper pink spray paint, bought two cans instead of one for the inevitable run out. And then I spray painted those bad boys and they are okay. You know what I mean? Wow. Like they're okay. And they're okay enough. Yeah. That's, right? Like that's what we're shooting for. Right. And my yeah. to, the genius really is I stood back from the perfection cliff mm-hmm. and it turns out that was okay. That is so good. Right. There's a lot of good in there. I have a lot of a lot of good. Yeah, good job. Thank you. Hey, one bad mother. I am calling with a genius. Not only am I well caffeinated this morning, but I have been reflecting on this last week of having school started and the regularity of our routines coming back. I mean, in a very weird and strange way, but we have some routines. My kid gets home from school just after 3 o'clock. My genius is that now I make some smoothies right away. I throw in a couple of frozen things, a couple of protein things. They love it. And then they don't ask me for snacks until dinner. So I get like an hour and a half of no one asking me for more food. It's literally the best. And I just, I feel like a genius. That's all. Thanks for the show, guys. You are a genius. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, the the problem that was solved here was getting an hour and a half of, of no one asking you for food. Mm-hmm. I just wish I had the, like, energy to make smoothies. And look, guys, yeah. I know smoothies are very easy to make. But, like, I don't know. It's on my boundary list. not as list. easy as passing someone a granola bar. <laughs> you mean throwing it across the room? <laughs> yeah. Go deep. Or telling somebody to go get their own granola yeah. bar. Oh, there's nothing easier than that. <laughs> so I think this is genius. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, Teresa, how somehow remote learning has seemed to fuel Ellis's need for snacks. Yeah. Like Oscar like, too. It, it's like He's, the moment the, the screen turns on, it's like, oh, yeah. can I have a snack? I'm he hungry. Needs can so I have many snack? snacks. So many snacks. He needs so Oscar just he's a bottomless yeah. pit of snacks yeah. the of whole snacks. time he's on the screen. Yeah. I know. I It's amazing. If I could rally the strength to yeah. make a fucking smoothie yeah. to give this kid in the morning, yeah. maybe they'd make it. And I'm so curious about the science of this. Like, is yes, it that your too. kids see you? So. Mm-hmm. Is it that your kids see you making the smoothie and it feels momentous and special? And so then it's like, it feels like they've really been fulfilled? Mm. Or is it like, because they sip it and it takes a while to sip it and it lasts a long time? Or is it like the fullness? like the Is ca- it that they're pumped full of like peanut butter and protein powder? Yeah. That can like, be what is it about this that works? But I can see it working. Yes. I can see it working. And that's really great. 
I think you're doing an amazing job. Failures! Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay, this is just a classic Halloween fail for you. We went ahead and got the pumpkins and we carved Mm -hmm. them way too early. Oh. And we didn't put candles in them because of, I guess, fire danger, because there's a lot of fires right now. And so we had like the little flicker lights Mm. in there or whatever. And I don't know if the fire has anything to do with it, but for whatever reason the fire or the lack thereof, for whatever reason, the uh, jack-o'-lanterns rotted instantly. Instantly. I mean, in like 24 hours. Well, in 24 hours, it was mold, like moldy, (laughs) visibly moldy, disgusting, (laughs) terrifying. And I tried to like get in there with matches and can't like trying to like kind of burn it and like see if that would, (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. It, and I think I may have made it worse because by the next day they were so rotten oh. that I couldn't even pick them up to yeah. get them to the trash. I had to like scoop them yeah. off the cement and like hose yeah. things down. And it was gnarly. And literally this was 48 hours after we carved them, <laughs> which was like 10 days before Halloween. Yeah. Uh, oh. So yeah, that was a real, real bummer. Real fail. That's a, that's a bummer. Well... You're doing a horrible job celebrating and having fun. It's true. It is true. Again, this is this is sort of a prediction fail that I know will happen. When you are listening to the show, uh, as again, I mentioned at the beginning, the election will have taken place. And my fail is that I know, despite my best sense, I'm going to watch the coverage. Yeah. And it's going to make me mad. I'm already watching. I, I know. I oh, can't. Yes. Can't yeah, look can't away. Can't not. Can't, can't not, not watch. look. Yep. At, like, I know. Yeah. I basically, I am failing at respecting my boundaries to stay sane and yeah. not furious. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, let's all look forward to, to that. <laughs> So the additional yeah. mental health yeah. load that you're taking on yeah. for yourself. Yes. Yes. At a really great time to be at doing At a really that. good time to do it. Yeah. yeah. This is because everything's normal. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. I'm calling with a fail. Today, I ran over my toddler's lunchbox while leaving the childcare parking lot. I know exactly how it happened. Usually I put the lunchbox in the car and then I put her in the car. But today I put the lunchbox on the ground and then I put her in the car. And then I just forgot that a lunchbox was even a thing, like that it even exists. <laughs> and then I went around to my side of the car and started to pull out. And it's funny because, you know, and you go over this huge thing, you're like, huh, what's that? What just happened? And it, it took me a, a couple seconds to realize, oh, it was a lunchbox that I just ran over. In full sight of, like, a dozen families and cars. So that feels really good. Wow. This, I am surprised. This is one of the first 
uh-huh. failures we've gotten in which the lunchbox was run over, as yeah. far as I can remember. Like, it almost happened to me one time. I came yeah. very close. Somebody yelled and waved <laughs> at me when I was about to roll over my kid's stuff. Yeah. And I and I got out and I was like, oh, yeah, this. And it was the same yeah. thing. Like I had just set it down instead of put, putting it in the car first and just forgot that it existed. Yeah. Yeah. I've driven off and just left things on the side oh, of sure. the road yep. for sure. Where mm-hmm. you're like, I'll just put that there. And you, I always think about that when I'm walking through parking lots or like at a, you know, when we used to go outside and you used to walk mm-hmm. past things. To places. Uh, yeah, to places. With and stuff. And you'll see like, yeah. like a full, beautiful drink like a yeah. coffee like oh, a nice coffee that's just sitting yeah on a car and you think yeah i bet i now assume a parent yeah. left oh it. yeah yeah right like i kind of mm-hmm. peep in the car and i'm like car seat oh yep that's bad I'm yeah so that sorry. person needs their coffee more than the average person and yeah. yet they're more likely to forget their coffee i yep. think that is the case well you're doing a horrible job of taking care of a lunchbox. <laughs> I will say it's better to go that way than the inevitable, my lunchbox is lost Yeah, forever. Right. Because I hate replacing lunchboxes and water bottles. Maybe I'll just start putting them under the car <laughs> and rolling over them. Maybe that'll just make me feel better. <laughs> well, you're doing awful. Awful, yep. awful with lunchboxes. Yep. Somebody don't let that family have lunchboxes anymore. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love you. Boop, 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 boop. Jumbotron! We have a Jumbotron! Everybody listen up! I'm very excited about this. <laughs> Stuck in Stony Brook is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club books. As kids, the hosts were BSC obsessives. As adults, they're rereading the series through their professions. A pop culture writer, a feminist theorist, and an adolescent psychologist. From Reagan-era politics and mean girl behavior to 80s heartthrobs and junk food, Stuck in Stony Brook gives fun, funny, informed insights into the books that you just couldn't see as a kid. So go to stuckinstonybrook.com to learn more. Search for Stuck in Stony Brook wherever you get your podcast. Hot dog! I got something to listen to tonight while I puzzle. One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo, which delivers hands-on science and art projects for kids of all ages and makes a great gift for all the kids on your list. I honestly love KiwiCo and speak about it often on the show and recommend it to people often out in the world because the projects that they send are super fun and appropriate for all different ages. From Kiwi Crates, which are for younger kids, all the way up to the Maker Crates that I openly have admitted to stealing from my oldest (laughs) child and making myself. This house is full of macrame right now, thanks to Kiwi Maker Kits. 
Also, with the holidays coming up, I think we're all still going to be at home. So KiwiCrate makes a great gift. KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. So get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BADMOTHER at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Promo code BADMOTHER. The Beef and Dairy Network is a multi-award winning comedy podcast here on Maximum Fun, and I would recommend you listen to it. But don't just take it from me. What do the listeners have to say? I would rather stick a corkscrew inside my ear, twist it around and pull out my ear canal like a cork than listen to your stupid podcast ever again. Please stop contacting me. Hell would freeze over before I recommended this podcast, The Beef and Dairy Network, to anyone. Not in a million years. Actually, scratch that. Um, make it a billion years. No, how long's infinity? That's the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, available at MaximumFun.org and at all good and some bad podcast platforms. Disgusting. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man, sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself, and I'm Morgan Rhodes, and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talking about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Well, here we are. It's been a week. Let's all sit down, relax, and snuggle up close to Teresa and listen to a mom have a breakdown. This is a mom having a breakdown. I'm a stay-at-home mom, first-time mom to a awesome nine-month-old little girl, military spouse, and I've been living in Japan for almost three years, and I am exhausted. My husband's schedule changed working nights and sleeping during the day. I have zero support. I have no one to talk to. I just needed to tell someone that. Thanks for the show. Bye. You're doing a good job. Yeah, you are. That's really hard. That's like incredibly difficult. In case it was missed, she was saying that that she has zero support there, which is a real reality when you are based overseas in a place where you don't have family. So many military families have to deal with this, yet that does not take away the isolating sting of each individual set of circumstances. I also think when you're that far away, from your support system, just the fact of the time difference being yeah. so different. Like, I know I felt far away from my family when I was just on one coast and they were on the other coast and they were three hours different in their day. It just felt like we were living different lives because we were having a different kind of day. And when you're on the other side of the world, 
that's that's really different. You're living out the day-to-day stuff just on a different schedule from everybody who you're close to. Yeah, and a nine-month-old? Congratulations. Also, it's so much. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's a lot for for you. I mean, yes, maybe trying to figure out things in the world. It's a lot. But for you, this is a whole new, whole new thing, a whole new experience. Every episode we talk about how much it caught us off guard, how hard that transition would be. And it is a transition. And it is isolating even in the best of circumstances. And you're remarkable. And we usually don't push like some things, but One Bed Mother has a subgroup for everything on Facebook. And I know that there is a subgroup for military families. And I know there's a subgroup for like expats who are in uh, different places. So as a way to just support you, you know, you can check that out by going to the main One Bad Mother private Facebook group. And in the documents, there is a list of every single subgroup that's out there <laughs> and how to access it. And I, I say that to everybody. Guys, yeah. we are not yeah. alone. We feel yes. very alone. We are not alone. There is a community out there to support you and listen to you and allow rants and no judgment and just general support. So I I hope you will just, it's just, it's like listening to One Bad Mother, but like in a more like weird, like, you know, kind of group way. It's like a group watch. Yeah. It's like a group watch. You can also also always post whatever you're going through in the main group. Yep. And people will come to you and say, (laughs) here's the groups that, here's the subgroups that you need. It's that kind of community. You're not alone. And oh, also, Hotline always here. Oh, yeah. Hotline is always here for the calling and the talking. You're doing a remarkable job under incredibly difficult circumstances. And we see you and hear you. And you're doing a great job. Teresa, you're also doing a great job. I am still thrilled Every time I get to see you, I always wish we could spiral off into all kind of... I mean, we could do a whole show on snacking in front of remote learning screens. Yep. A whole show. Maybe someday we will. Maybe someday we will. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm keeping a list. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Biz. You are also doing a very good job. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, I do love talking to Teresa and just people in general. And now I'm going to ask the very important question, what did we learn today? Well, we, we learned that not only is everything normal right now, it is also important that we normalize many things that people experience. I, I actually don't want to normalize the coronavirus. <laughs> None of this is fucking normal, and I don't want to live in that normal yet. But uh, mental health, normal. Having depression, normal. Uh, Having, you know, kids in your house, 
normal. And I say that because, you know, this whole idea of like, I have to work. Where am I going to put the kids? Well, they're probably going to wander through at some point in time because children are normal. Uh, So many things that we have touched on on the show over the years. The biggest takeaway has just been, guys, it's probably more normal than you think. And the more we talk about these things without judgment and with an open mind, the better it's going to be for not only us, but for our kids and our community. So good job, Todd, for writing that book. And good job for everybody who is out there talking about mental health awareness. Woo-woo! I appreciate you. Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job. It is no joke that this pandemic is taking its toll on our mental health. I had therapy today and was talking about one thing very specifically, and then I just like casually brought up a few other things that had happened in the last two weeks. (laughs) My therapist was like, what? Wait, what? Wait, what? Wow, no wonder you're tired. (laughs) I was like, I am. I'm really emotionally very tired. This is a lot of heavy lifting. And you're all heavy lifting too. Like even the most like mentally healthy person in the world, it is weirder if you are not feeling a little drained right now, okay? And you know what? We just got through an election. You guys did it. We all did it. We survived. We survived Halloween. You did it. We probably are not surviving daylight savings, not even like a little bit, because that always just fucks up everything when it comes to sleep in our house. And you all are doing a good job. Look at us day by day. I should say day by day. Let me break out of the musical. We're doing it. I see you. You're doing a good job. Yes. The holidays are coming. Yes. Yes. They are there. But we don't have to think about that right now. You're all doing a good job. Go find your secret stash of candy that you already stole from the children. Cuddle up and give yourself a break. You're all doing a good job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mora, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, fussing by, not low down mama Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. 
Artist-owned, audience-supported.